0: Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Tuesday morning. We are glad that you have joined us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate everybody tuning in, especially our great servicemen and women out there taking care of us. And, of course, our uh, medical personnel here at home. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew House and Churning Spoon Ice Cream, which is going to be opening up very, very soon, so you can get back there and get some of those summertime treats you know you want. But until then, feel free to stop by Strange Brew at Highway 12 or on University Drive. Get yourself a nice ice-cold frozen hot chocolate or iced albino squirrel. Or if you need a little hot pick-me-up, there's always the Caramel Macchiato or Joel's other favorites. There needs to be a Joel menu there. I want to order off the Joel menu. Yeah, I could, I could make you one. We need, you know, Blueberry Cobbler, yes. Caramel Macchiato, Albano Squirrel, Iced Albano Squirrel, and uh, the Maryland. Yes. And then you need to you create... You can do any, uh, like, the Caramel Macchiato Iced is really good, too. And then you, you, we need to come up with a Joel drink. A splash of
1: Mountain Dew in there. I don't know. Oh, that'd be great. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking, what would it be? Uh
0: it's, it's you, you can combine my, there may
1: part, be one yeah. over there that's like this, but mm-hmm. I'm thinking like combine hazelnut and caramel because that's caramel favorite? macchiato and albino yeah. squirrel, it's like they Yeah. I about said mated, but that would not be a good way to talk about a drink, I don't guess. But No. Um they 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 come together
0: as one Yes, that's better. In a cup. Melded? Yes, that would be a better word. Okay. Combined? Yeah. Yeah. Blended. Blended.
1: Made it mixed, as, yeah. I don't know,
0: yeah. No, that's not what we want at all.
1: And yeah, that
0: that would be the well, we'll start working on that. That and, could be, and I even know the name of it. What's that? The Woo, the Woo, some Woo juice. <laughs> and uh, yeah, well, so we'll start working on that. That could be a million dollar the idea. The Joel T. Woo, yeah. I like that. We'll see if we can make it happen. Uh, well, you make it happen today. Go head over to Strange Brew Coffee House, pick yourself up the drink that you're looking to get. College Corner, collegecornerstore.com. College Corner has two locations in Jack in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland over by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood over by the Half Shell. And they've got the biggest and best selection of Mississippi State merchandise in all of Central Mississippi. Right now, when you shop online at collegecornerstore.com, and this is a limited time offer that you need to take advantage of. You can get 30% off any gift card purchase. So you spend $100 on a gift card. Well, I guess I did that wrong. You've spent $70 on a gift card. You can get a $100. I was like, I'm not trying to do the math here. I guess it's 130 but I don't know for sure. So, Regardless of that, you can save a lot of money. You can get a lot of great new stuff, great new polos, T-shirts, baseball caps, everything you're going to need on September 5th when we get back to Davis-Wade Stadium. You don't want to look the old, like the old ways. You want It's a new day at Mississippi State. You want to look new, look sharp. You can do it with College Corner. No matter what you're doing in these uncertain times with your business, Business Advantage Business Systems has a plan for you. If you decide this is the time you need to upgrade some things around your office, that's the, they're the guys to call. They've got full sales and service for all office technology. New copiers, phone systems, computers, whatever it is you're looking for, they've got the uh, the answers for that. If you're trying to keep people at home, you want to keep them in their remote offices, they can get you the devices they need in those setups to make everything work as smoothly as possible. 45 years of experience, guys, in this state. They do business with Mississippi If Mississippi State's willing to do business with them, you've got to know that they are doing the best job that anybody can possibly offer you. So why don't you give them a call today and find out how they can help you out at 844-833-6245 or visit them online, absms.com. Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. Joel T., we have a little interview coming up a little later with Brody Miller from the Athletic. It is time to start our SEC previews. And buddy, did it ever feel good to talk about football for about fifteen minutes with Brody Miller? It was outstanding. It was just to, so to, good. To
1: not mention words that have been mentioned for not mention them at all for weeks or days or months or whatever. Just to talk like we're playing football. Come come time to kick off. You're right, man. It's and then you got players coming back as we speak today. I'm optimistic, Brian. Yep. I'm getting there. You know, there was a period of time on this program where I may have even uttered that I wasn't sure that the season was going to kick off on time. At least in my mind, I'm starting to convince myself it's going to happen. Yeah. And that's
0: exciting. Well, let's talk about those guys coming back because, you know, that that's the first step towards everything, everything happening, the return to normalcy, if you will, uh, for Mississippi State. Players getting back into town. Coaches getting back into town. You know, the first order of business is going to be, you know, safety. It's going to be checking guys, checking to see if they're symptomatic, asymptomatic, getting yeah. tested for coronavirus. I assume all of them are going to take that swab of the nose that nobody wants to take, but they're going to have to take it. And then it's just sort of go from there. You've talked to some more people than I have. You've talked to some assistant coaches. Is there any idea for you of what the protocol is if they if they get a positive test? I. I've been told
1: kind of that there's a
0: protocol in place, but... No, but nobody gives the
1: details. Cl- it. Yeah. It, for whatever reason, they're kind of... And I kind of wonder if that's because they're not even 100% sure. Could be. Kind of deal. Could be. <laughs> I don't want to... Surely there's a plan of some kind. I mean, you, you can't just go into this with with zero plan. That that has to be a deal. Um, But the thing is, like this week, from June 1st until June 8th, I think this is just a period, basically, where they test and kind of evaluate everybody. Like, no, nobody's—they didn't hop in there with Tyson Brown and get on the bench press today and and start pumping iron. Didn't happen, right? Um, for a few days, it's going to be more or less making sure everybody's healthy and figuring it out. And, um, but no, I, I do wonder though. I mean, what is the what is the protocol? What, what, what do you do if? Some you know player X walks in and has a hundred and two degree fever. You check him, and boom. Well, I guess if you check him at the door and it happens there at the
0: door, he's not really he's not mixing
1: in. with anybody. Right, and at that and that instance,
0: and maybe sent home quarantined for what seven days, fourteen seven, days, 14 something days. like that. I mean, yeah, and you know probably immediately tested upon his return, um, and and to sort of go from there. You know, that, I
1: guess at that point though, you have to be like, well, who were you with last night? And then you, test you them. Do, and is
0: it called contact tracing? Yeah, or something yeah, like that. I have but, to figure all that out. You know, if it's like, hey, did you just come in? Yeah, or you know, who's your roommate? We got to test. Them. It, it seems common sense approach enough, but at the same time, it's 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 new ground. It's yeah. stuff that you've never had to do before. Yeah. So,
1: and, and I mean,
0: man, I don't want anybody listening to this
1: to think I'm downplaying coronavirus because Again. I mean. Again, uh, yeah. Uh, goodness gracious! But I, because I, I, I know that it's it's affected everybody. I mean, I, I know some, I know a couple of people actually that that have now lost their lives because of coronavirus. It's not something to downplay. But I will say that I mean, you look at the statistics and you look at the numbers and you look at the even the people that I know that have had it. Um, this age group that we're talking about here that you know 18 19 to what 23 year old kid somewhere in that range Mm -hmm. i know that it has happened and i know that it's out there and so i'm not trying to downplay it for anybody that may have had someone in that age range affected by it but that is not an age range that this thing really has hurt much at all right Uh, i'm not saying that there aren't some cases and that there aren't some people that it has but the percentage chance of it really having an impact on on this age group of player, this age group of person is very 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 low and so even if you do have someone test positive or something, odds are it's okay you know <laughs> I'm, uh, again so so I, I think that it's gonna be interesting to see how they handle it. but I think there was a point in time not all that long ago where everybody was like, well if somebody tests positive you got to shut the whole thing down. I don't think that's the case.
0: Right. No, that's you know, I
1: don't case. think that's the case at all. Right. So do I know an exact plan? No. But, man, they've had, what, two and a half months now to figure this out? Yeah. I mean, I don't know that you get a perfect plan because it still isn't something that any of us have ever really dealt with, but I think you got things kind of figured out by this I point. I
0: agree. I agree. And so, like you said, you know, next week will be the week where Tyson uh, Brown gets his hands on those guys again you got to feel like, I mean, you know strength coaches. All the old cliches about them, they're all true. <laughs> He's got to be chomping at the bit. I feel really bad for those guys' workout one. They're going to take a beating <laughs> that day. You it's- know,
1: are they all true, though, Brian? Because I know a lot of folks mm-hmm. listening to this show probably mm-hmm. would say that, and, and whether they're right or wrong, I don't know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but they probably weren't bigger, that big of fans of the past regime. You think that's fair?
0: You're 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 correct in that assumption. I don't know if they're right, but right. Uh, <laughs> but that said, the the the, the usual cliche is usual that they're a little on the crazy side. Okay, that okay, yeah, is is probably a true statement. Yeah. So I, I expect Tyson Brown has got some uh, some special things planned for this team, and then you know obviously the other big news is this will be KJ Costello coming to Starkville for the first time since his I guess he had an official visit back uh, in uh, before February I guess in January, but you know he's been in California this whole time, uh, so now. MSU's QB1 is officially on campus.
1: And that's fantastic because you just get to have him start building relationships with Osiris Mitchell and Malik Heath and all these other guys. And, and now granted, I, I don't know that all these other guys are back full-fledged. I, this is voluntary, you know. Um, I don't know how voluntary voluntary actually is but this is supposedly voluntary so i don't know 100 percent that you get every single guy back immediately but in theory if most guys are back you get kj costello and these guys can start formulating that bond what you really are looking forward to to kj costello and those guys getting to get out there on the on the practice field a little bit and throw it around start building that chemistry start building that uh unspoken bond that you really want receivers and quarterbacks, I guess, to have. And it really sounds like in this offense, in the Mike Leach offense, that's vital. Because it. I talked to Steve Spurrier the other day about all that. Steve Spurrier Jr., of course, the other day. And he was talking about how in this offense, the routes they run. It's not like they tell this guy to go here on the field and this guy to go here on the field and this guy to go here on the field. It's a little more seems a little more uh wide open than that kind of kind of thing, so it just seems like it relies a little more on that that bond that chemistry so
0: it's it, it, it honestly and you know remember there was a lot i think a j brown took a lot of grief talking about get open yeah, but there's something to that for this you know i think the the more uh technical term is option route you know a lot of option yeah. routes yeah and that's what this this offense is based on it's based on, you know it, it's not the same amount of reads obviously that Joe moorhead had out there but they they have to make some reads. You know, but they're quicker, I think, and they're they're a little more simplistic. I think it's made just be like one or two, like, if he's doing this, this, if he's doing this, the other thing. That's it. And it makes sense to me. So,
1: interesting. <laughs> and if you got four or five wide and they're all running an option round, you got about 10 different options right there. You can, you, so, somebody better somebody be Somebody can at that get point.
0: open. So, this is good stuff. You know, it makes me think that we might, in the next few weeks, start getting back to a little normalcy. You might start seeing some schedules put out to us, like, hey, we can talk on these days. And I won't be surprised. Normally, we don't get a lot of, uh, I don't think we can get the players, but I won't be surprised if they let us talk to some coaches over the next couple of months, just because we haven't had a chance to.
1: Yeah. Um, so. At least not in an official setting. I mean, seen, you
0: know, some sort of press. You know, I'm not saying, you know, every day or anything, but, you know, it's and not, not just football either. You know, they might start allowing us to come back and, you know, talk to us about, you know, basketball signing period is coming up and, and summer stuff. So, you know, Robert Woodard, his decision is two days away. No, they back that up. It's June 3rd, right?
1: That, yeah, that has they that got backed up again? I thought June 3rd was the original date and it has been backed up. Uh, you might be right. I don't I'm, I'm 99.9% sure I'm right. I'll give you a 0.1% chance of being right. You give me 0.1? Yeah, 0.1. Because cool. I think I'm right.
0: Well, I mean, you could be right. I'm probably right. Oh, you just, you just know so much over there. <laughs> pushed back from the initial June 3rd. Okay, you're right. Yep. So, what is the date then?
1: Uh, they they did not set one. They could have set one since that they've oh, said just, that. But to my knowledge, it has just been pushed back, and they have not yet set a date because right. I think they were waiting of, on like the NBA to figure their stuff the out. Out of respect to the NBA's
0: process, yeah. the decision for a new withdrawal date will be made once the league has determined a timeline for the 2020 pre-draft process. So we wait. Okay. Well, that's fine then. But regardless, you know, there's people to talk to between now and then. So, a lot to talk about. Hopefully, we'll get the chance to do it. And then anyway. I'm looking forward to figuring out when, like. Because there's no way
1: we're doing an actual SEC media day, right? But they're going to be doing something. Hey, I'm ready to figure out how that how ready that's gonna to learn work. how that's going to work. Yeah, exactly. And well, I I won't go that way. I was going to say I don't I don't know if the condition of the building that we were to have SEC media days in.
0: Yeah, so, it was supposed to be at the College Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, which and, got, you know, got, hit, got so. I mean, at, at this at this point, you know, I don't want to go too far down this road, but we don't know that the protests will be over in a month. Yeah, when 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 this would be going on, so we'll see. Anyway, all right. Let's move on into our first SEC preview of the year. So good to talk football. And this is brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef, who want you to remember that when it comes to the star of the plate, it's the steak. How can you go wrong with a. Un- I, unless you have some more of that pork belly. I don't, don't have you? any more. You can't have any more, Joel. <laughs> That's all you got. I, I rationed mean, out as much as I'm willing to give you. That could be the star. I'm telling you right now, it was good. Don't get me wrong. It was really, really good. But steak, always better than pork. To me. To me. I mean, if you told me I can have uh, the top chop or top ribs or whatever versus the top ribeye, I'm always going to go steak. Most times I would, but every
1: now and then, if you gave me the option and and one of the options was what you had here for me yesterday,
0: sometimes I'd go that route. It's it's like every now and then, sure. But just most of the time, give me a nice... Big ribeye and they have got some fantastic. The Bottom line ribeye. here is you can't go wrong. You cannot. You cannot. So why don't you give them a call today and see, you know, you got these free weekends. For now, you only got two more months of free weekends, folks. So you might as well be cooking. Why not cook with Welcome Home Beef? Call them at 662 418 2021 or go online at facebook.com slash welcome home beef. Get some of those great burgers. Get some of those thick, delicious, juicy steaks. Or check out what pork products they've got to offer for you. Remember, they do special orders. So if you're looking for a specialty cut, they can make that happen. Whatever you're looking for from Welcome Home Beef, just know this. When it arrives at your house,
1: it just tastes good. Or if it
0: arrives in front of you when you record Thunder and Light. Well, that's, that's, that's a very limited window for people. <laughs> All right, let's get into this interview first on the Welcome Home Beef Hotline. Brody Miller, our old friend from down on the bayou, covering the LSU Tigers for The Athletic, has joined us. Let's hear what he's got to say about the defending national champion. All right. It is 14 weeks until the first uh, football weekend of the season for, for SEC teams, so we are ready to start our uh, our previews up, and as Joel wanted to do, we're going to start with the defending national champions, the LSU Tigers. Our friend Brody Miller joins us from The Athletic. There was no more interesting team in college football last year, even you know, despite the national title than LSU. And on top of that... I mean, you just had so many characters, so many storylines. From 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 your standpoint, you had a, you had a lot to work with. How interesting is LSU this year?
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't think anything will ever match up with just like you. Said, I mean, you nailed it. The 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 characters, the storylines. I mean, I don't think there's ever. I can't think of any team in recent memory that just has more. Just yeah, different absurd narratives and all those things. But but I think this year. I mean, it's it's not going to be last year in the storyline sense, but. I think from a just a pure week to week, you know, going into the season point of view, it's almost it's almost just as interesting because then you start thinking like, you know, is it, which was it? Was it was it Burrow and Joe Brady, or did they actually figure this offense out? You know, can they actually make that sustainable? You know, can can they replace Joe Burrow with Miles Brennan? You know, is is Dave Miranda the great defensive coordinator? Can Bo Pelini keep some of that going? I think I just think there's so many new questions that, luckily, at least. From a reporter standpoint, it's uh it's given me plenty to discuss. And then you still have your, your big names, right? Jamar Chase is probably the best receiver in college football. Mm-hmm. Derek Stigley Jr. is probably the best cornerback in college football. So there's still a good amount of talent on this team, but of course it's it's never gonna be twenty nineteen again.
0: Well, you sort of hit on the first thing. I think this is when people look at LSU this year, this is the first question they're gonna ask about Joe Brady and Joe Burrow. Who is easier to replace? And do they have the pieces in place to replace either one of them?
2: It's a great question. I mean, I think I think in theory it's not easy, but Joe Brady's definitely easier to replace just in the sense that, you know, for example, Joe Burrow, it's not like he brought in this talent and then he can leave it there. You know, Joe Brady, as much as, you know, they're losing his creativity and his play calling and some of those things, he, what they needed from him was somebody to bring this new offense and bring this new scheme and teach Steve Ensvinger kind of how to run the show. And because Steve Enzinger, they like him as a play caller, they like him as a coach. He just needs to catch up scheme wise. So at least with Joe Brady, the playbook didn't go anywhere. So that's still there, and they can, in theory, still kind of keep that going. Joe Burrow, you just you can't replicate that. I don't think you, you can't. You know, no recruiting or anything can get somebody that that just has that one that talent to that personality, that ability to make bad situations great ones. You know, you, you, that just comes around. You know, once every every few years. So. Yeah, I mean Miles Brennan is certainly a guy who was a decent recruit. He's got a big arm. He's got talent, but I mean, and I expect him to be a relatively successful LSU quarterback. But if you're saying you know replace Joe Burrow, it's just he's not gonna. I mean, if I'm just being honest, he's not gonna come back close to what to what Joe Burrow did, and and that's still probably pretty good.
0: One thing that outside the LSU bubble that I wondered, I think a lot of other people did too, of the play calling and of of that offense, how what was if you could assign a percentage to Emzinger. And to, to to Brady, what would it have been?
2: Yeah, I'd say so. Joe Brady was basically in charge of third downs and red zone play calling. Those were the ones he was definitely in charge of. And then, and then on top of that, there, there were plenty of times he'd have an idea, and Steve may would listen to him, or or maybe Steve every now and then would be like, "Hey, what are you thinking on this one?" And, and Brady would always have a play call. But but I but I think in terms of the day to day responsibility, I think that was kind of the breakdown. So. I guess if I'm going off that, I think it's fair to say Ensminger probably called, I don't know, 75% of the plays off the top of my head would be a decent guess, but but Brady was definitely... I mean, I don't want to understate what Brady did. Brady was definitely a massive, massive part of what they did and and definitely was a key part of kind of all their game planning and schematic changes. So I don't want to make it sound like, oh, they still have most of their play calling. I mean, that's a a big loss, but I do think Steve Ensminger... Like I said, I, I do think highly of him as a play caller. I do think there's a lot of respect for him in that building. So I guess maybe you, know, you lose Brady, but you keep what he brought you, and then you add in Scott Linehan, who's a very different line of thinking. But you know that's even more ideas in the room in theory if you're playing devil's advocate.
0: Two first-round picks gone from this offense as well beyond Burrow, and that's uh, you know Justin Jefferson and Clyde edwards hilaire who really was really I thought was one of the key cogs for for LSU a season ago. He was sort of you know if, if Burrow was the uh, the car, I thought I thought that you know, if you wanted to make another reference, he's sort like the truck. He, he he hauled he hauled everything around for for LSU. Who replaces those guys? I know LSU recruits well. I know they've got skill position talent. There's probably a, a laundry list of four and five star guys waiting to take those roles, but who are, who are gonna get first crack at them?
2: Yeah, and you know, and I think your description of Edward Delair kind of summarizes why he's he is hard to replace because well, I mean, if we're being honest, none of us expected him to have the year he right. had. So maybe maybe it's worth mentioning that before I say I don't think anyone coming in can really come in and be that guy like he was. But so maybe I'll be wrong again. But yeah, I mean, I think they, you know, replacing Justin Jefferson, they feel pretty confident about I mean, you still have Jamar Chase and Terrace Marshall, who, if things go right, they both could be first round picks. They both should be first or second round picks. And they like a lot of the guys behind him. You know, they love incoming freshman Kayshawn Butte. He can compete there. They're really high on the Racy McMath. He's like a six foot three, two hundred thirty pound, just kind of scored against State thing. last year. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And and he's just a really, you know, he's a really physical guy. I think he's probably the front runner right there. Trey Palmer's a speed demon kind of guy they could go with. So I think they love their. They, they feel good about at least five or six guys the receiver that they're not too worried about it. And that's not even mentioning Eric Gilbert, who's the five star tight end, the highest rated tight end. 27 fourth history. So he's going to come in and sure his position's tight end, but really I think he will play a lot of slots. So they feel good about replacing the from the pass catching point of view, but running back, it's going to be by committee. They've made that much pretty clear. They have John Emery, the former five star freshman, who just hasn't quite hit that potential yet, but he's going to be a sophomore. There's Tyrion Davis Price, who is probably had the most production last year, kind of your old school LSU, kind of bowling balls running back. Mm-hmm. And then there's Chris Curry, who He's a huge kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, Marshawn Lynch kind of back, and he surprisingly got the start in the Peach Bowl, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire was kind of banged up. So he kind of rose up the depth chart, which surprised a lot of us, and apparently he's in the driver's seat right now, but I don't think any of those guys are going to come in and be Clyde edwards but they do like all three of them in different ways.
1: You know, it seems funny, Brody, to say this now, but it wasn't all that long ago that at least, I'll just speak for me. I don't want to put words in anybody else's mouth, though I think others probably (laughs) shared this opinion, that didn't have a lot of faith in Ed Orgeron and his ability to be a head coach. He kind of had the reputation for always, I guess, having a spoon in everybody's pot. You know, he was in everybody's kitchen a little bit. And it kind of seems like in recent years, last couple years in particular, he's kind of become that manager and that overall just good head coach. Um, you spoke about Aranda being gone. Of course, Joe Brady being gone. Of course, Joe Burrow's gone now. Is there any danger of him kind of, I guess, micromanaging things? Going going back, I guess, to the Ed Orgeron of old, or or has he is he now at the point where he is a legitimate, outstanding college football coach?
2: Yeah, it's a it's a fascinating question and one that I mean, sure, I think we all have to say right now, yes, he's a very good coach at this point. He's won a title, but. But I mean, you're absolutely right. These next two to three years will really give us an answer about where he he really stands in some of those lists people will make. You know, the thing and it makes it so fascinating is if you ask me you on know, Ed Ogeron's best strength as a coaches, you know, people would point to recruiting or they'll point to motivation, all those things. But I would say his number one greatest strength is, which is the exact opposite of what it was at Ole Miss, is he listens. You know, he he's not. You know, most coaches, you know this. I mean they come in and they get a head coach job or they're coming from a big tree and they think, you know, this is how we do things. I'm going to do this how we do it because this is where we've been successful the last place they were and all those things. and That's just how they do it. They think he's the smartest guy in the room, right? And I think his greatest strength in the LSU run has been he is just open to anything. He assumes there's people who know better than him, and he's learned how to delegate. So, you know, when the sports science staff comes in with all these things about, you know, cutting down practice time, he listens. Or when Joe Brady comes in with, all these ideas, he listens, and I just think, I really think that is his greatest strength, but you're you're right, I mean, it, it, you just, you can't help but wonder, can human nature take over when you just won a national championship and you're replacing all these guys, you just don't know the answer there, but my gut is he, I think he learned this is, I think he understands this is why he got to where he is right now, because he's changed, and because of all those things, but I think so, but then, you know, you go back to, you know replacing Dave Aranda and, and he led Dave do his thing and I don't think that Ogeron actually agreed with a lot of Dave Aranda's overall defensive principles and philosophies but but he trusted him and he understood that then he hired a guy like Bo Pelini, who I think is exactly what Ogeron wants in the defense which is kind of telling in its own way because this was really his first one where he was like this is what I want so maybe that is an insight into maybe he is getting back to that I'm not going to speculate that but there is that chance and it's going to be fascinating
0: Let's talk about Polini and that LSU defense. You know, I, again, you know that the talent's not the issue. They have Stingley, who basically erases an entire half of the field uh, for any offense that, he, that he's facing. But what will that defense look like this year? You know, Miranda had been there for so long. You know, you just sort of gotten used to that that philosophy. Polini has been there before. He knows, the, the, he knows his way around Baton Rouge, obviously. But what's he going to do defensively uh, this year?
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously we know the offense is going to take a big step back, but I have a gut feeling that defense is actually going to take a huge step forward just because, okay, I mean, I think the defensive – well, I mean, first I'll go to your question and what they're going to do. I mean, they're going to go back to a four-man front, and this is what I was kind of referring to with what we on really one side of a defense. He's kind of let this out over the last few months is that deep down he always wanted it to be – and attacking four-man front, four guys getting vertical upfield and making plays in the backfield, like his old Miami defenses in the '90s and '80s, and all that. That's what that's what he wants, and I think that's what Pelini's going to do. He wants two high safeties and more of a you know kind of pressing, aggressive kind of cornerback play up front with those two high you know traffic cops in the back. That's what he wants, and that's what Pelini's going to do. Which is you know which is a decent little departure from what Dave Ray done. But why when am why I'm high on this defense is I think it's a defense well built for that because. I think this defensive line, I'm not going to go, you never know, I'm not going to necessarily say the best in the SEC, but it's it's one or two, I think. I mean, that defensive line is pretty loaded this year, I think. Tyler Sheldon's probably the best nose tackle in the SEC right now off the top of my head. I think they you know, they bring back Glenn Logan, who's a three-year starter at defensive line. You bring back Neil Farrell, who was basically a co-starter last year. Apu was a co-starter at nose tackle last year. I mean, they're pretty much, with the four-man they're pretty much six deep, just a defensive tackle of guys who they would genuinely be happy starting. You got a little more question mark at the end spots, but they have a lot of talent there. So I think the line could be loaded. The secondary, as you know, is loaded with Stingley. Cordell Slot was basically a starter last year and looked really good. Five star Elias Ricks was coming in a corner back there, too. So you're, you're good at corner safety, you bring back to Kobe Stevens and Todd Harris. And, you know, Todd Harris missed all last year with a torn ACL, but he was basically a starter going into the year. You bring in a lot of, you know, some of those young guys are developing. So you you feel great about the front and the back. And the question purely was linebacker, right? And so you're replacing all four starting linebackers. It's a huge question mark. And then they came and then they brought in Jabril Cox. So, I mean, you take your biggest question mark and then you add a guy who, you know, reportedly would have been a second or third round pick out of North Dakota State. Now he's plugging in as your top linebacker. Suddenly you just feel so much better about that whole group because. I mean, you know, these days it's, it's really—they're not really running a four-three, right? They're running a four-two-five, and and they're basically going to have Jabril Cox, and then some variation of Damone Clark, who's a rising junior who is like a 250-pound just freak athlete. They're really high on, or maybe Marcel Brooks, that kind of safety linebacker hybrid. Maybe he plays. But the point is, once you have Cox there, you just feel better about any of your options behind him. So I actually really—I don't know if there's any clear hole on this defense. The offense might have holes. But I don't see a huge one on the defense.
0: It sounds like they're really going to have to coach up those diamonds in the rough there, Brody. <laughs> <laughs> going to really get some de- be that developmental program that LSU's known for in this situation. What's what's realistic for LSU this year? I mean, I, I don't see them getting back into the playoff, but I think I've learned you know I shouldn't be doubting Ed Orgeron either. Where where where, where would be a realistic and acceptable outcome for LSU this season?
2: Yeah, and that's why it's worth me it. saying. I've displayed all the positive things I did just say about the team. I do think there's there's a ceiling here. And, you know, I think realistically, I just keep going back to, I mean, you know, life in the SEC West, right? I mean, I always point to last year's Auburn team, where Auburn went 9-3 and last year, but I don't think anyone would deny that was the top 10-11 team in the country. I mean, that's a good football team. It didn't matter if you went 9-3 because of the schedule they played. I mean, I think with LSU's schedule, I think 9-3 and is probably the most realistic thing to expect. Because, I mean, if you go 9-3, and three, that means you have probably beat Texas, Auburn, you know, A&M or something in that order. You know, it you, you means your losses were only Alabama and then some variation of Florida or, you know, A&M or Texas or one of those teams. So I, I think 9-3 and three would still probably be a top-10 football team. I don't think it would be fair to really criticize that. But, but I think for asking what everyone's expecting, I think 10-2 I think and two is the real goal. I think if anyone was being really one with you, I think 10-2 and two people would be like, hey, just won a championship you're reloading and you still are top, you know, a New Year's 6 team and all that, I think people will be really happy with that. But if you ask my opinion, I think 9-3 is the most likely. If they win 10, it means Miles Brennan really probably came in and it was the real deal right away.
0: Is this program built to get back to the championship soon, or was that sort of a flash in the pan? They're still going to be good, obviously, but was, yeah. was last year sort of you know, a freak occurrence and they're, they're still behind Alabama in the pecking order?
2: It, I think my answer is a, it's probably a cop-out. It's somewhere in the middle because, yeah, of course, that was, there, there's a little bit of lightning in a bottle there last season, and you'd be lying to say otherwise. I mean, things don't just align like that that quickly out of nowhere. That just doesn't happen. So, of course, that's a little bit of lightning in a bottle. But I do think on the way he's recruiting, the way he seems to have a plan for things, the way that it just seems like, don't me wrong, I feel like Alabama's the top dog, but the way it just seems like the margins are getting smaller, yeah, I think LSU can give back. I, I don't think they're going to become the next Clemson or anything. I don't think they're going to become the next Alabama. But I, I do think they can be, I mean, maybe Ohio State's almost a decent model of just kind of a team that every two or three years can probably be right in the mix. You know, I think that's probably a fair expectation of you're not Clemson-Alabama, but you are firmly in that second that second tier of four or five teams that can sincerely win a national title. And so my answer to your question is, yeah, I can totally see John Wayne in on that. Championship in the next few years. I, I when I put my money on it, probably probably not just the way college football works, but I could totally see it.
0: Mississippi State travels to LSU October twenty fourth. What's the name of the restaurant in Baton Rouge where everything's in pie form?
2: Uh, that is Elsie's and Pie. It's my favorite.
0: I know. I heard you talk. We're, we're, I'm going to go there when, when I come down. We, we can go, we'll grab some lunch there on, on that Friday. I
2: would Love that. Yeah. Absolutely. My hot take though is the pies are amazing, but my favorite thing there, believe it or not, is actually the burger. It's just perfect, and I can't figure out why.
0: I don't know about having a bur- going down to, to Baton Rouge and eating a burger, but I'm going to take your hey, word trust for it. I
2: understand. I'll
0: take your word for it. We'll give it a try. Th- there's go. an answer here, guys. What's have, have, Why don't we have both? Yes. There you go. All
2: yeah, right. Well put, Joel. Well put. <laughs> All right.
0: Brody Miller from The Athletic covering the LSU Tigers, man. We'll talk to you again in the season, I'm sure, man. Thanks a lot for joining us.
2: Thanks for having me, guys. Take care.
0: All right. Thanks to Brody for his time. We really, really appreciate that. I tend to agree with what he said there at the end, Joel, that, you know, a ten and two, nine and three team for this this squad is perfectly acceptable. Uh they have to be willing to take a step back. Now LSU fans not known for being the most patient people in the world, but I think last year bought Ed Orgeron a ton of, of credit. There's no more hot seat for Ed Orgeron. Yeah. Um uh, and if and, and I I don't know I am interested to see what they do next season more than this season. Because like we talked about at the end there. They should, you know, If it's going to be cyclical and they can be in, then they need to show next year they can be an 11 win team and be in that playoff chase. So we'll see if that happens. Let's look at the schedule and go on. This will be our first predictions of the year. Of course, it means we're only about 14 weeks away from our first week of the Brian versus Joel Pickham contest, where it is one one,
1: where there is no loser.
0: There, well, there is no loser. (laughs) There is only one loser, and that's the people who constantly get on us about how we do the pick'em contest. Just want to remind everybody: it's just straight pick'em; it's just wins and losses. Not changing it for anybody. Go ahead and get that all out of your system. But we did last year, didn't we? Here we are talking about it 14
1: weeks before it actually happens. We like rock, paper, scissors, kind of like one, two, three, pick, like where we say it at the same
0: time. Yeah, yeah. So we did kind of well, we change that. that. We did that up. towards the end when I was smoking you. Yeah. But that was not my request. That was. the oh, yeah, people people, people people were yeah. We'll figure it out. All right, let's look at LSU. Uh, They have an interesting non-conference game. Uh, Their extra-east game is not very interesting. Their schedule sets up to be at least a nine-win team. We'll see where it takes us. Obviously, week one against Texas-San Antonio, we will both take the LSU Tigers to win that. And then week two, Texas Longhorns come to Baton Rouge. This was, the, mm. this was a fantastic football game a season ago. LSU wins in the dying. I think they had the lead, and it was, what, third and 17, something like that, in Burrow, that. in what would become a the first of many Heisman moments, uh, found, I want to say it was Justin Jefferson for a long touchdown there, and they won the game in, in Austin. Um, Here's where I'm, I'll ask you before
1: I give a pick here. Okay. I don't really know what Texas is supposed to be this year.
0: Well, neither do I. I mean, I know they still have Sam er, Erlinger. I think that's how you pronounce it, uh, you know. And it's Texas. This is year three of Tom Herman. Yeah, they—I mean, they, they were eight and five a season ago. And I think our friend Tyler Horka would tell you that if they go eight and five this year, that Tom Herman's in a lot of trouble. Yeah. So they need to be better. Um, they've recruited okay, but I don't think they've got enough to go down to LSU and win. So I will take the Tigers here.
1: No, maybe I'm slanted by how much last year, and I know they lost. Like as we talked about with Brody, I, I know there's no Joe Burrow and. Mm-hmm. No Brady, no, all, all that's gone, but I, maybe I'm slanted by the national
0: title. Maybe that's sitting in my head, but it's well, in Baton Rouge. It's just tough to win it's in Baton still Rouge. still a really
1: good team.
0: Yeah. i got to go LSU. Yeah. Uh, LSU takes on Rice in Week 3. Tigers will win that one. 3-0. and 4-0, oh. oh, because uh, Week 4 they welcome Ole Miss Yep, to uh, to Baton Rouge. LSU doesn't leave the state of Louisiana for you, its first you five You don't minutes. have any
1: faith in the lane train pulling the upset?
0: Week 5 they take on Nichols State, <laughs> so 5 and 5-0. Oh. The Tigers should be, and then they have their first real test of the season when they'll travel to Gainesville for a matchup with, oh, yeah, hey. here we go. All right, yeah. big game, LSU, Florida. 50% of the team's going to lose this one. Yeah, well, yeah One team's going to win, one team's going to lose. That's how it goes. Who's the one team that's going to win? It's in Gainesville? Yeah. I'm going with Mullen. Yeah, I'm going with the Gators on this one. So five and one. I think they'll pick up a couple wins in a row then. Uh, they will be uh, beating uh, Arkansas and i think they'll beat mississippi state at home. So they're 7 and 1 going into their bye week and then Alabama comes to Baton Rouge. Now it isn't Baton Rouge, that makes it interesting. But I am of the opinion by this point in the season that Bryce Young has taken over in Alabama and they will be rolling at this point. That he's he's top top tier quarterback. They still have Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle. They still have Najee Harris. They still have all those yeah, weapons.
1: Yeah, Alabama will probably have a game in the first five games of the season that makes you think, oh, maybe they're not that good this and then, year. And then
0: by this point, by this point just, they'll be rolling. Yeah, give, I, me, I, give me the tide to win this I'm one. I'm with you. Uh, L, uh, last three games of the year, South Carolina is their other East game. That's uh, an LSU win. As you know, I am not big on South Carolina or Will Muschamp. Give me the Tigers You're there. You
1: surprised Will Muschamp's still at South Carolina?
0: Yes. No, I... I, 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 I I wasn't totally surprised they didn't fire him at the end of last year because he did just he is coming off a nine win season yeah. two years ago. I think in a perfect non coronavirus world he would be in a incredible trouble this year with a losing record, which I think you will have. I don't know though if you know if that's going to be feasible or not.
1: You know there may be some head coaches somewhere just praying that they have a season with like without fans because yeah. then you can't afford like the buyout. Right.
0: I mean, you're not. You're not. You're not. You're laughing, but that's not. That's not far from the truth at all. Probably. <laughs> the only difference is, like, at Vanderbilt where they're just like, well, we weren't expecting to have fans. So, uh, Really interesting game. Normally the, the week before rivalry week is a throwaway game for almost everybody. But you've got LSU versus Auburn in week – I guess that's week 12. So before Auburn plays Alabama, they've got LSU. Is that in Baton Rouge? That is in Auburn. Okay. Wow. That is – That's fantastic, first off. I mean, State's playing Alabama A&M that day, so let's hope that's an 11 a.m. kick and we can get home to watch this one. Um, Wow, that's a big game. Um, As you guys know, I'm not real big on Auburn. But this late in the season, this late in the season, either Auburn's going to be really, really good or really, really bad. I'm going to lean on bad. I think LSU goes to to Auburn and wins this game. You know, for
1: as much as I kind of thought when I picked LSU to look at them today, as much as I kind of thought, you know, they're going to take a humongous step back. What's a step back that, for LSU? Yeah. 10-2. and two. I, I mean, I, I'd love to sit here and pick Auburn in this game and say, yeah, I was right, they're going to take But I, I just don't – I mean, Auburn's going to lose a ton defensively. Yeah. And LSU's going to be really good defensively, I and, think. And
0: I'm not – You know, Bo Nix is good, but is he great? Yeah, I don't and, know. And I mean, Miles Brennan's not going to be Joe Burrow, but I think LSU will still – Put up some points, and, they, and he and like Bertie said, he still got Terrace Marshall and Demar J- yeah. Chase there. They'll 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 take care of a lot of mistakes. Yeah, I like LSU here. LSU wins this one, and then LSU travels to Texas A and M for the first time since they played two games in one night. Uh, <laughs> I will take them to win one game in one night here. Yeah, I've got LSU at ten and two. All right. who, who who we got them losing to Florida, Florida and, and Alabama. Alabama? Yeah, I mean that's a
1: top ten team. If yeah. you told me they lost another, it'd be Texas. Texas over Auburn. I think so. I, I, I don't know. 10-2 and two team, they're playing... It's one, one of those two. They're playing like the Cotton Bowl. They're finishing the top 10.
0: That's a good rebound year after... What it. if
1: they lose to Texas and Auburn? They're 8-4. and four.
0: It's still... Is it still okay? It's still, it's still fine. It's still fine for Orgeron. You know... He just got to come out swinging in he he needs, 2021. He needs to have in 2021. And, and that means they got to find another quarterback. Because I don't know that Miles Brennan would be the guy at that point. They, you know, I think LSU. I think they were. I thought they they were going to get uh, Derek King yeah. from Houston. That didn't pan out. I think Brody said this in the interview, but I, I think if if they if they are like an eight and four, mm-hmm. it
1: means Miles Brennan flopped. And if yeah. they're like a, a, a ten and two, then Miles Brennan
0: was, w- was just fine. really really good. Yeah. And then if he's nine and three, it just they uh, just their the talent, talent is level, still out a little bit. Their <laughs> talent level is sort of set to go nine and three, but I think they can go ten and two. I, I just don't have. a, I, I think that's more of an indictment of Auburn than it is a, a, an endorsement of LSU. But it is what it is. Who's our East team next week? You want to stay at the top of the conference here and do Georgia?
1: Yeah, sure. All right.
0: So we'll do the Georgia Bulldogs next week. We'll talk about the, uh, the other Bulldogs, the kings of the SEC East. Can they be the kings of college football this year? We'll find out next week. All right, guys. Tomorrow's uh, edition of the Rumblings. Just make it whatever. Sure. Let's just let's just do a grab bag. Whatever you guys want to talk about, it's been a it's been a tough week. So you got anything yeah. you want to say? Just say it. Yeah. We'll, we'll you talk want about sports? That. Talk sports. You want something else? Talk something else. You want something else. Exactly. We'll let, we'll, dealer's choice tomorrow on the Rumblings. Guys, have a great Tuesday. we will be back with you on Wednesday morning for Joel T. Coleman. Ooh. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to you Thunder and you know Lightning me, on me. Super Talk Mississippi. <laughs>